Hello out there. This is Dr. Andrea with BB Peters of Boom Talk Media. We were just musing about a recent episode we recorded with an awesome woman. Dr. Linda Arzumanian worked 17 years as an innovative superintendent of the largest school district in Southern Arizona, Pima County, Arizona. Huge. It's all about transitioning from an educational boardroom to a fulfilling new venture a home-based bakery business. We creatively titled the episode, wait for it, From Boardroom to Bakery. We've chatted with a baker's dozen of Linda's high-level friends about what it takes to traverse or negotiate the tumultuous river of retirement and then to camp out on the other side and collectively reflect on that experience. If retirement is or has been lurking anywhere near your life, check out this enlightening conversation. You will be glad you did. Okay, so everyone, welcome. My name is Barbara also known as B.B. Peters, and I'm one of the co-founders of the Network of Extraordinary Women. And along with Jennifer Davis-Page, who wasn't able to be here today because of a healthcare emergency with a friend, uh, Dr. Andrew Goldmarks is joining me. And uh, so what I do, in addition to the Network of Extraordinary Women, where we have about 585 members at this point. It's a private Facebook group. And if you at any time would like to join us, please do. Please just let us know. Um, and so the other thing that I do is uh, with Dr. Andrew Gould, uh, we put uh, together under Boom Talk Media um, programs uh, that include books. We've written two books. The first one was Relief from Worrying, and the second is Patience and Possibility. They are both available in paperback now. We're just thrilled. That whole experience of independent publishing has just been incredible learning process because we have so many learned people here. And um, so we do podcasts and uh, soon webinars. So we've been keeping busy over the last two years, particularly over the last two years of the pandemic. But that's it about me. And uh, Dr. Andrea, did you want to say a few words about yourself? Um, just a few words. So I, I'm a lifelong psychologist. Um, a very good half of my beginning life was in schools and as a consultant to, um, to schools and as an actual school psychologist for many years as well. So it's fascinating to me to be inside that kind of organization. Moved here about nine years ago and uh, from New York grew up in New York City. And um, like Bibi said, she left because of the weather. I could say I left because of the utter density of humanity there. I, I really felt like I wanted some space between my people. So, <laughs> uh, so moving here is definitely less dense, kind of more room to, more room to move. 
in every way. So, um, and right now I continue to be a psychologist on Zoom, um, licensed in both Arizona and New York, because why not? And um, and doing Boom Talk Media with BB, which keeps us completely occupied no matter our age and stage of life. <laughs> and if one of us forgets something, the other one remembers and we just keep on going. So can't say enough about collaboration as a hedge against as a hedge against some of the things that plague us during retirement. For those of you who are retirement age or have retired or thinking retirement, uh, Andrea, Dr. Andrea Gould um, had a, an incredible single page flow, I call it, of, of, how to, of, of what retirement felt like. And I'll never forget when I got that and looked at it and realized how real it was. And then Mary and I went to uh, lunch at um, P.F. Chang's and we sat in the back and we talked about what it felt like to retire. <laughs> I tell you, you're in for a shock. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Well, I didn't retire until I was 74. So, Wow. What happened after that is I got old fast. <laughs> I wasn't old until I retired. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, how'd I get this old? And so there is something to be said for it, Brenda, actually. Really? I'm really feeling it now. I didn't feel it while I was working, but I sure feel it now. Well, yeah. it took it took me about a year and a half to adjust. And That's then I wasn't very, really happy about it. That's a big kernel there, that nugget about how it feels. Because I was thinking when BB invited me to be the co-host for today, um, you know, how five much, minutes ago, five minutes ago, exactly, <laughs> right? No, no preparation, but this is where I spend my professional time is talking about transitions. And so, you know, a lot of people say, well, what did you do since you retired, you know? And what you did is only, you know, it's only the cherry on top, how you made that journey and how you felt along the way, it, you know, it resembles a bit of the stock market when you take a look at, <laughs> you know, the roller coaster that it is truly internally, um, very much, very much so. Well, thank you. Thank you. So um, how we proceed with the program is um, I will read the new mission, the Network of Extraordinary Women mission, and then a quote, and um, we'll tell you what happens after that. So the mission is to link a diverse group of women by collaborating, supporting, and sharing information that impacts our lives. And every uh, month we have a quote. And today's quote is, <clears throat> thank you, Dr. Andrea, for providing that to us. Uh, it is, she knew this transition was not about becoming someone better, but about finally allowing herself to become who she'd always been. That was said by Amy Rubin. And we agree okay. with it. <laughs> and we agree with it. Yes, we don't, we don't share things we don't agree with, right? <laughs> okay, so, but without much further ado, let's get to our guest of honor. And uh, 
Dr. Andrea, would you mind reading Linda's, Dr. Linda uh, bio for us? Sure, and I'll save Linda the trouble of <laughs> going through the whole thing because she's used to it, but it is beautiful. So Dr. Linda Arzumanian spent her life in service to others. She was born in Baraboo, Wisconsin, do I have that right? Where yep. she learned to love learning from her grandmother and her two great aunts who are all educators. And her education includes a Bachelor of Science in the field of home economics, a Master's in Human Relations, aka Community Development, and a Doctorate in Early and Middle Childhood Development. During her rich professional career, Dr. Linda published research and gained very advanced skills in grant writing. While serving as Pima County School Superintendent for four consecutive terms, not years, terms, 17 years, she combined public service, education, and politics. No small feat. Linda was a pioneer in the development of the first nationally accredited early childhood program in public housing, and she was a leader in revitalizing the more at-risk neighborhoods in Tucson. She set the standard for truly integrated family services. In 2017, she was nominated and won the Lifetime Achievement Award for Women of Influence. Understatement. <laughs> Retiring at 75, Linda began a new business by returning to her passion for teaching. She loves to teach young people how to read recipes, grocery shop, and enjoy the art of cooking. She delights in teaching adults to bake biscotti and scones. Once an educator, always an educator. Fabulous transition story. Welcome, Linda Arzumanian. Okay. Welcome. Dr. Andrea, why don't you start off? Because I know you have like, what, three, five questions right at the top of your head. Well, you know, I'm just going to start with what um, what Linda mentioned originally, which is really the feeling about having a um, having a career and a and a set of dedications that is so all and all encompassing as you did, Linda. I mean, a true big picture, knowing that in order for education to succeed, everything's got to be included. Can you talk a little bit about? how well utilized you were, how well suited for what you chose to sculpt for our city? That's a tough question, Dr. Andrew. <laughs> um, I believe that we build on every, if we're wise and if we're well informed, we build on everything we do. And one of the things I did not mention, which may not relate to this was, um, in, in the information that I shared with Dr. Andrea and, and, and Barbara, that at one time, I actually was a quality control engineer for integrated circuits. Now, <laughs> figure that one out. But uh, yeah, I did that gold-plated circuits when they were first being formed out in California. And um, that was an interesting experience and I loved it. And had my mother's husband not died, I would have been a Multi-millionaire by now, I'm absolutely positive because that was really uh, the, the way to go back then, which was in the 60s, if you can believe. So when I 
I had spent enough time in education and in uh, observing what was going on in education that when I was at, when I was appointed, first I was very hesitant to take the job. And then I realized that two or three months into that job, I had to run for election, which I did not know how to do. I realized there were a lot of things that we could do, but it took a community as Denise and Claire know, and those of us who have worked with me know, it takes a community to get things done. And I was thinking this morning of a legislation that we got passed within about two years after I took office called the Education Service Agency in the state of Arizona, a statewide legislation that allowed our county offices to uh, do professional development locally. It was costing our school districts at least $1,000 a day or two days for teachers to go up to Phoenix to have professional development that did not relate to what was happening actually in their school district. And Denise can, can talk, <laughs> sometime talk about that because she was one of the people we hired in the Educational Service Agency area, as was Claire. But it was, um, it was a profound situation. And because there was so much good going on in our offices, I felt compelled to run those campaigns, although they were bitterly hard and very difficult and took a lot out of me. Um, but, but we did it for four times. That was enough. I retired at 75. So there you go. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest, which sector of all of that, that you did was the hardest, the most difficult. Uh, and I'm speaking about students, parents, administrators, and politics, which of those would be the hardest? For you? Politics was absolutely the hardest because I am a very quiet person. I had done a lot. Well, I don't know if I'm quiet anymore, but <laughs> prior, to, prior to my taking off as I was a quiet person, um, I, um, I melted down in uh, May of the first year that I was in office. I was appointed and I knew that I either had to win an election or I would not have a job. I was recently divorced. I had to win and I had opposition and people said, oh, you won all those because you didn't have opposition. That's a bunch of baloney because I had opposition. I had really strong opposition, not only from the other party, but from people within my party. And, and that was tough, you know? So, um, so I had a meltdown in the kitchen of a very good friend. I, I cried and then I picked up my unders and you know, those things and said, that's it, I'm gonna do this. And I, and I did it, but it was hard for me. And as that very same friend said to me about our first campaign, because he helped me with the first campaign, he says, at first I would have to, I would go in the door and work the room before Linda work, came in and worked the room. And he said, after she learned how to do this, she went in, she pushed me aside, she worked the room, and then I came in. So that's kind of what I learned. I learned how to work a room. I learned how to work a room of 2,000 people. Now, was it comfortable for me? Mm -mm. It was not. But did it need to be done? Yes, it did. And so that's what I learned. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and what you bring light to is how, um, how many parts of ourselves work in concert if we're going to have a big position like you had so many, I mean, 
your your little girl reader of everything was also there, right? The knowledge. There was so much of you that got um, utilized. And I think a lot of times people are not happy in the work that they do because they're not being well utilized. All the parts that they can contribute are not being seen or or used. So that's a great description. Even the parts that were let more submissive and, and more shy and less forthcoming got out there and exercised, which is such a beautiful thing. Wow. Well, and I have um, also some thoughts about uh, one of the questions that one of the guests spoke about is the emotional feeling that um, comes over us when retirement is around the corner. Can you tell us a little bit about the preparation process, both uh, physical, emotional, uh, living uh, lifestyle way. How long did it take you to prepare? What did you do? And how did you come out on the other side? Well, probably what nobody knows except the other person involved. I was ready to retire two years before I retired. And one of my staff uh, was in a decision-making process and we were meeting at Beyond Bread. And I said, if you stay, I'll stay. And she agreed to stay. And I mean, she wanted to, she really wanted to stay. She didn't really want to move to something else. She didn't want to do something else, but she was ex expecting to have some pretty high college expenses for a, a family member. And so, she, so we stayed, but so I had already started after I had won the, the fourth election. It was probably two years into the new, new uh, four-year program. Um, to look at, to read, to, of course, right? To read, to read everything I could get my hands on about retirement and to talk to people because that was the other thing I, I did. I took people's advice. Mm -hmm. I wasn't one out there to just sort of make a decision and run with it. I wanted to know what other people thought. And so I spent um, a good two years thinking about that. And then I determined that there were two things I really wanted to do. One, my grandmother had, had run a guest house had used her home for a guest house. So I did Airbnb. I planned to do Airbnb. And the other thing was I wanted to go back. I love, unbelievably love to teach people to bake and cook. And so I developed my own business <laughs> called uh, Rolling Scones and Doughy Delights. And I started, uh, as soon as I retired, I started teaching cooking, baking particularly. And does that answer your question, Barbara? It does, but tell us a little bit more about the emotional part of it. Was it distressing? Was it, did it, do you feel isolated afterwards? How was the actual transition that you had? Claire and I were talking the other day about that and I couldn't come up the word and I had, I haven't gotten back to Claire to tell her the word was um, relevant. I thought I had lost my relevancy. I was no longer relevant. And that is for somebody who is power driven and who is uh, relatively successful, who likes to get things done, who has always liked to get things done. Um, the lack of being relevant is extraordinarily difficult and nothing makes up for it. At least it didn't for me. Uh, belonging to an organization doesn't make up for it. Being on a board doesn't make up for it. Um, 
doing things that you thought you wanted to do didn't make up for it. So I still deal in, with twinges around the relevancy. I started an organization. I started and we worked really hard to get it going. Um, it spent years in development. Um, they had an open house. Uh, I wasn't invited. And that was hard. That was hard to take because had I not provided that my staff had not provided office space, had I not done all these things that I not, had we not done all of that, mm. um, it would never have happened. And then, you know, not to be included in the opening, a grand opening of one of the facilities was just has been crushing for me, to be quite honest. And I will have to talk to somebody about that because I don't want it to irritate me. I just want it to, I just want to go on, but it's just nagging me a little bit because I spent a ton of years working on that project and I would have liked to have been in, invited to the opening of the facility. You know, I, listening to the story of that, you know, and your mention uh, of both both the relationship with the with the person who you said, okay, if you stay, I'll stay kind of thing. This is um, relationship is such a huge key in the whole, let's say pre-contemplation stage of of moving toward transition, you know, whether it's a relocation transition or whether what we're calling retirement, leaving one, position for another. But it strikes me that relevance is related to relationship, if that's not a bunch of, um, <laughs> related to relationship is relevancy. In other words, in whose eyes is that relevancy and in whose heart? It's, a, it's almost like all the women who have said something about you and the impact that you've made on their lives have been so, re you have been relevant to them, even though you might not have been in touch with the feeling of relevance. I think that's just an interesting, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to sort of discover and realize that your relevance can shift, right? It doesn't have to be described in the terms that you felt once in the past, but the relevance now could be in how Linda teaches, um, how she teaches baking, biscotti making, how she associates with her friends. It's that shift of relevance that is uh, prudent to accept, I think, right? And also the retrospection. In other words, this opportunity to be with Linda and to be with the relationships um, that, you know, really are the like the seed crystal around you, Linda. I mean, you get to, it's like a sec, second order relevance seen through other eyes and seen in retrospect, which is just, I think, very interesting to hear. And, to, you know, and then, of course, then we're charged with as like building upon, you use that word, building upon, building upon. Um, that is such a functional um, way of, you know, we're here to be the most that we can be. I think most of us in this room would 
would agree with that. How do we be the most we can be is in the stories that each person here has told about, you know, curiosity, about evolvement, about happenstance, maybe even surprises. I want to ask that question to you, Linda. Were there any surprises? I mean, aside from the, the big one that you said, where you really got to use the, the more introverted parts of you and train out into the world. Any other surprises as you look back on your career that, that made you who you are today? Perhaps the ability to network. I was sitting here reflecting on uh, a couple of the networking situations that I ended up with here in Tucson. One was when I worked in the area of behavioral health and we had some really challenging, um, well, we had a lot of challenging situations in that area, but I was able to bring people together and say, look, we have to put our elbows on the table and we have to figure this out because we don't have $110,000 to send this kid to New Mexico, he won't see his parents, he won't be with relatives. He, what wraparound services can we provide for him? And the people, and of course the home ec came out, you know, but uh, I would serve food because that was always something that got them together, whether it was, and I made sure that the grapes were washed. I don't know if you've ever been at a conference where they served you grapes and they weren't washed. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the strawberries were clean and whatever else. And I served fruit. And we would sit there around this huge table when I was working for Kodak Behavioral Health Services. And we would, okay, so-and-so will take that part of the kid's education. So-and-so will take that part of the kid's therapy. And so-and-so will take that part of whatever, the home life, whatever. And it was that networking that when I went to uh, work with the, um, uh, when I got the nationally accredited early childhood center in the area of poverty in Tucson, I gathered a group of people together and said, look, I need you for your educational expertise. I need you for your assessment ability, your research ability. I need you for your nursing skills. I need you for whatever else it was. And there were like a series of eight of us who sat down around another table and said, let's, let's see what we can do to get this done. And we created a miracle in like less than two years, we had this nationally accredited multi-million dollar program. I had written a grant for over five and a half million dollars and got it awarded, if you can believe that. And we had a nationally accredited early childhood program in public housing, the first one ever. And it was an area of poverty, like you can't believe, you, you cannot believe how, what an area of poverty is. My staff hesitated to come to work because not only was it poverty, but it was gangs. Yes. And I said, look, the kids live here. I'm gonna come out at six o'clock in the morning and watch who walks through the neighborhood. And I will, if I feel like you're not safe, I won't have you come to work, but I, we need to have you come to work. And when I had my first parent meeting, one of my parents said to me, my kids know the difference between a gunshot and fireworks. And I, you know, you could have blown me away. And I said, tell me how that works. And she said, if it's fireworks, they look up in the sky. If it's a gunshot, they get down on the ground. And I thought, this is my mission. This is my opportunity to do something that's really meaningful in this community. And and it, and it took a few years. We had a wonderful, wonderful early childhood program. 
And this is why, and I know you want to add some comments to it, Andrea, but this is why I think women should run the world. I just want to make that clear right here and now, given what's going on in the world, given what's going on everywhere, politics and everything else, women get things done and women bring compassion, a natural sense of compassion to whatever we do and uh, we get things done. So that's just my vote, non-political, but very personal to me. Yeah, And I'm glad that you mentioned it. I sort of got tears in my eyes, you know, yeah. between, you know, Linda speaking that and, and you reinforcing that. And of course, we've been dealing with, you know, the whole idea about um, this month being International Women's Month. And the way this today came together, is extremely interesting. And then my thought was, you know, we have all these readers in our room today. I wonder if we have any biographers in this room, because if I was a biographer, I would really want to go sit over over a scone and some coffee in Linda's house and ask so many more questions um, because you are a woman that we all can can learn from. And it's the stories within a career, and it's true for all of us, all of us in this room, it's the stories within the career that is going to um, move the young people who were readers. And I just came from a session with a 25 year old woman who actually reads everything I prescribed to her. <laughs> and I invited her to be part of a conversation that Barbara and I, Bibi and I um, are going to put together between some successful women and some young uh, coming up in the world women, just as our donation for you know this particular month as a model of intergenerational conversation. And I, I now I want to invite everybody in the room, you know, to be part of that because we know how important it is. We just for the survival of the species. And and women being and and thank you for the examples, Linda, so whole seeing you know, with, the, you know, with the systems theory, I have my tattered copy that I drag with me from New York from like many years ago, because we need to be whole seeing, and we need to see the way all these parts interact. So that was a very beautiful um, reflection of that. And, and I couched it as, you know, what was the surprise factor? And you know, what you described is how you start something and get the ball rolling and, and what it can create. So, yes. And I, it's both inspiring and informative. And so what we'd like to do is just probably ask one final question. That is, Linda, how do you imagine the next 10 years of your life? Well, I'm working on that. <laughs> working on that. I am seriously working on that as Claire knows. I really, I turn 80. Um, Brenda's just a couple of weeks older than I am. So um, yeah, you are right. Or you're younger than I am. I don't remember. But anyway, Brenda and I are the same age. We, we retired at the same age. We're the same age, whatever. And so I have been taking classes and decluttering, which is really an important factor 
if you're going to change your life, you need to get rid of things that are holding you back. Um, I've taken now three classes. I am, <laughs> I would like to say I'm failing at it, but I'm not failing at it because my garage is really, really clean. Most of my closets are really, really clean. Um, I have let go of a lot of things. I will let go of a lot more things. But I would like to do, I would like to live in another part of the country for part of the year. And Claire, <laughs> Claire has offered up her spirit and her family to help me do that a little bit. Um, I have not been too successful in finding a place. I shared that with my son yesterday. I, they have other ideas. They think I'd like the coast of Oregon, but I am still honing in on the uh, Northwest uh, the Olympic Peninsula, which is my favorite place in the whole world. So I'm still trying to find a furnished place there to rent for part of the year and then be here for part of the year or whatever. So well, and I'm happy to put the word out to my friends in Seattle. Um, if you, um, you and I can touch base via email afterwards, and perhaps they know of uh, someone that's a wonderful little casita or some space that would be ideal for you. I've been there. I, I fell in love with it in 1967. And the last few years, I've spent time with a friend, a high school friend, a high school friend, and I'm telling you, a high school friend, and her <laughs> husband who live up in Port Ludlow, and mm -hmm. they have made other plans mm -hmm. to spend most of their time in Wisconsin. Nancy and I really, we, we get along really well. As we, do we, John's 88, though, and being on the Olympic Peninsula is a bit of a health factor because you either have to take a, a plane or a boat or something to get over to Seattle. So as you know, it's a little bit complicated. Yeah, that's, that's, I continue to declutter. I continue to get rid of things. The library has been wonderful because they've taken all my books and, uh, and many of the nonprofits have taken other things that are gently used or not used at all. And I keep working at it. So let, let's just one other comment, and that is room to dream. We can reflect back, but we can also use our imaginations. What is yet undone? What is yet to do? What is yet to live and to feel? And I think when we ask ourselves those questions, it becomes very clear. What are the actions and preparations we need to make as long as we have the luxury of not the day-to-day -day that we that we had over the years. So Phoebe, I have um, an idea about how we might bring this to um, uh, uh, like a, I made like a big heart with my hands. Yeah. So I, I would love if each one of us might just like come up with a word or two um, to give almost like a bouquet of words back to the word-loving Linda Arzumanian, who is not asking for this, I'm asking for this, just to kind of bring it around. Um, so if everybody would be willing to just, you know, kind of say in closing that kind of a, um, a word, you know, that you would Perhaps use. a wish. Right, perhaps okay. An expression, and a wish, yes. A wish. Uh, I'll share my word, and then Andrea can finish up with hers. Um, my word is calming. 
I have ever since meeting Linda, I've had a sense of calming uh, around her. Uh, the way she sits, the way she approaches the table, the way she speaks, there is nothing uh, frenetic about her to me. She's a very calming force. Mm -hmm. So I hope you retain that calming force in all the things that you attempt in your life, because look where it has gotten to you, where it has gotten you now at this point. So Dr. Andrea, finish us off and send us on our way. You know, those who know me know, I, I always make fun of anybody who uses the word awesome. Um, because, you know, if you print your name on an application, you know, who's watching, you'll say, oh, that's really awesome. Thank you. But I say my word for Linda Arzumanian, and it is the awesome Arzumanian. Um, <laughs> absolutely in all the ways. I mean, very, very awe-inspiring. Um, I just loved being part of this conversation, however it was that it came about in the last five minutes, but also the word generativity. I'm very interested in the development of humanity and maturity. I mean, humanity, yes, but maturity. And it's a quality that, you know, it's just when we see it, it's just absolutely astounding um, what value maturity really has. And you can be 29 and be mature, but to be 78 and be mature, to be 80 and be mature, the fullness of that blossom, um, generativity, you know, I, I say that. That's, that's my choice of word for Linda, who has generated so much as she has progressed in her life. So, so. Okay, then. Dr. Linda Arzumanian. Yes, yes. And now, and now it's your turn to say anything you want to add. Well, as Bibi can confess, I was quite shocked when she asked if I would do this or if I'd participate. And I said, why me? You know, <laughs> I don't quite figure that out. But anyway, I really appreciate this. I appreciate all my friends showing up. Um, I love you all. So there you go. And thank you very much for this opportunity. You're so very welcome. And thank you everyone for joining us. We hope to see you again soon. And our emails, Andrea's and mine, um, mine is barbara at boomtalkmedia.com. And Andrea is Andrea at boomtalkmedia.com. And boom is B as in brother, O-O-M, talkmedia.com. Barbara or Andrea. Thank you again, everyone. Linda, it was a pleasure. It was so much fun. And we'll sign off at this time and wish you all a happy Monday afternoon and a great March to come. Great to see you. Thank Great you. to see you. Thank you. Bye. 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 B